I'm Jenna. And I'm Ellen. And she's my person. We've been friends forever. Yeah, like half our lives. We're honest. (laughs) Sometimes too honest. She takes away my fear. And she's my anchor in this world. Our unconditional love has shaped us. And we want to share it with you. So grab a cup of coffee, cozy up, and join us. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to She's My Person podcast. We hope you were able to catch last week's episode. We interviewed Maria Leona, and we just started our conversation around boundaries. So today we are going to dive into that a little bit deeper, mostly from the work perspective. We both dove into serious parts of our career at a young age. I opened a business right out of college and Elle jumped right into the corporate world. And so we definitely had a period where our friendship wasn't prioritized and where a lot of things fell off the wayside where family time wasn't nearly as sacred as it should be. And we didn't prioritize it as much as we should. So a lot of different components to that, a lot of hard lessons that we've had to learn. And I think this year, because work has been turned up so loud and so many incomes have been threatened, it just feels important to talk about how vital it is to still make time for those things that make the work worth it. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, I mean, aside from work, setting boundaries just in a relationship and a friendship in general is, to me, underrated. I mean, I probably didn't realize boundaries were a necessity until this year. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I always, I always knew that I needed them, but I just never realized how important they really are. So that's why we kind of thought, might as well talk about it because I'm just now learning how to set them and I still can't set them. <laughs> yeah, we're both still not that good at them at all. And I think, you know, like owning a business has made it so difficult because you never really turn all the way off. And so I would just never really be able to, even if I was home or I was with friends, because I think sometimes setting boundaries isn't even about just making time for things, but it's also that unplugging aspect, which I struggle way more with doing that. Because I'll be like, well, I'm home. Like I made time to go see my family, but was I actually present for that time while I was there? Was I checking my email every five minutes? And, you know, I used to be so obsessive about that. And I know Elle is that way, even when she works for a company, just because she thinks that she needs to do everything all the time, the minute it comes up, because she's like the best employee ever. So she takes that approach, even not as a business owner. But it's just been so interesting for me to really realize how many areas of my life I wasn't present for, even if I was there, because I was still trying to work like remotely, even if it was a day off, because I never felt like I really was able to turn my business brain all the way off and just be with my people. Yeah, I think one example that stands out the most to me is when we went to Florida. I think that was that just this year. It was like right before yes. the pandemic happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we both were on the phone beforehand saying, oh, it's going to be so great to have a break from work. Can't wait. And then at the end, we're like, I mean, we could bring our laptops still and just check some emails and stuff. And we did. We both ended up working probably every morning that we were in Florida. <laughs> And we're like, like, oh, we're we're together. Like, it'll still be better than, you know, obviously. And it is. I mean, there's still an element of taking that time and going on those trips. But, you know, I don't really, I feel like this year for me has been a wake up call. Like, I don't want to look back and be like every trip I took with my best friend or every time I went home to visit my family, I was still on my computer constantly. And that boundary is really hard to set. But at the end of the day, like I don't run a hospital, like people's lives are not dependent on whether or not my email gets checked every minute of every day. And their expectation of your responses is not that you're going to respond like two seconds after you receive it, even though that's the pressure that we put on ourselves. And when we actually interviewed Maria last week, when we sent her 
an email with like the details of our call, there's like an auto response that comes back that says, you know, I only check my emails on these days and these times. And the only thing I felt when receiving that was just deep respect. And so I think like that was such a reminder for me too. It's like, people are actually going to respect if I'm not available all the time. And they also value you more because I mean, it's the same thing, like when we joke about being hard to get in relationships, but truly like when you're a little bit harder to get a hold of, it's like people value that time and that you know, that response from you on another level, because they're like, wow, like she's being really intentional about this. They're also getting the best of you because that's time that you truly did set aside to work. And you're not like, you know, sitting in your kitchen while your family's making dinner distracted, trying to answer emails. So it's a totally different approach to work. And you're not actually serving either realm well when you're trying to do everything at once. Yeah. I think honestly, having boundaries is such a respect thing. Like I feel like for me, if someone tells me, okay, I'll get this to you at this time. Or if they give me a date or whatever that is, I think in my head, oh, wow, they must be pretty busy or they have other stuff going on. They're not just turn on as soon as something comes in. I feel like it it gives you more of a valuable reputation too. Yeah, and it helps you keep your word. You know, like I feel like it's, like I've been prone to send emails and be like, yep, I'll get this to you ASAP or like respond and be like, I'll do this right now. And it's like, I don't actually do it in that moment. Like it's me trying to, seem like I'm turned on all the time and able to be available to everyone's needs, but that's actually not possible. So then I end up falling short of my word, which is something I really don't like. And I I feel like those boundaries allow you to keep your word. So you're much deeper in your integrity when you're setting your life up that way. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's an expectation thing. Like with my, the company that I worked with before, I mean, we were all constantly turned on. Like I would get an email at 12 o'clock on a Sunday, I'd get an email at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday. It didn't really matter what time. If you were available and you could send back that email, it was expected for the most part. So, and it was more of a culture thing. It wasn't necessarily like your job or you had to. It was just kind of, you should be available if we need you. And for me, I mean, it was tough because I am such a people pleaser and sometimes to a fault. That's an understatement, y'all. <laughs> Very big understatement there. <laughs> so, I, so I always feel inclined to do anything that anyone's asking of me. And at that point, I mean, I was spreading myself so thin that I couldn't even get the work done that I needed to get done. Like I was, like you said, I was breaking promises. I was getting work back late and it looked like I was being lazy, but it was really because I was so overwhelmed and I was saying yes to so many different people that my boss herself, she had no clue what all I was working on. And her and I had a pretty serious conversation about it. And she was like, listen, you need to ask people, when do I need, when do you need this by? Or is this a priority? Can I get this to you by next week? I mean, you have to have that conversation or you're never going to get anywhere because if it really is a genuine priority, and even if you can hear what the situation is and decide this probably needs done today, that's fine. But if it's something that can wait and it's not really a pressing issue, it's important to be able to say that because I've, I mean, I've done things up until, like I said, 11, 12 at night when I've been working all day and I know it's not my best work, but I'm doing it just so I can keep my word. And it's, it's not really worth it for anyone. <laughs> no, not at all. And it's, it's funny because I feel like our the loudest lesson for both of us this year, like is just learning the word no. And it's a lot harder for Elle than it is for me because I don't have that same deep desire to people please. I do have that same desire with people that hold a lot of value in my world. So like I have that desire with 
the person that I'm in love with. I have that desire with my family. I have that desire with Ellen. Like, but there's, there are certain people where I feel like that consistent yes is a, is a way of loving, a way of showing up. And there are people in your life that are always going to be more natural yeses that you're not going to want to say no and that you're willing to sacrifice a little bit more for. But Ellen, I joke and I make fun of her because it's like, she'll, she'll call me and tell me she's doing something for like, well, my friend's cousin's sister like asked me to run this errand for her. So I'm going to go run this and then I'm going to do this. And I'm like, do you even know these people? And it's like, she's just so willing to like be selfless and show up like heart first all the time for everyone. Like even if she doesn't have a connection to them. And it's a quality that I admire, but it's also like, you know, she, she stretched herself so thin too. And so like watching her learn how to say no this year and like set those boundaries as she transitioned out of that job was so, it was, it was almost like, I didn't even realize how much she was doing it until she started to stop. And like, we have so many more phone calls now and like, she spends more time like at home. And it's like, you know, I feel like she's starting to see what makes her happy and prioritizing that. And it's been a really cool thing to watch as her friend, because, you know, like I said, it wouldn't matter who the person was, if they needed something, she's like, I got you, you know, which is like a great quality. But like, when it's turned up too loud, then you don't get to do anything that you want to do. Well, I find myself having so much more time now that I've been getting a little better at picking what errands I'm going to run. I definitely, I definitely have done more for myself. But I think I've also been able to get more done, even for other people, but they're more general things rather than spending an hour or two doing something that could have been done, that person could have done in like no time. I know one of my previous jobs, I would drive like a half hour or so to do like one or two things rather than just saying, and you actually gave me this advice, Jenna, you told me, why don't you have a conversation at the beginning of the week and decide what am I going to need to be doing at this location the rest of the week? And how can I kind of schedule that I'm not making multiple trips. Like I would literally be sitting at my desk 10 o'clock and then realize, oh, I have to go out there today, drive 30 minutes, drive home 30 minutes, be there for no more than maybe an hour and then turn around and do the same thing the next day. And it's, I mean, it really was silly. Like I really could have just done whatever I was doing that day, the following day and accomplish way more in that time frame. So I think it's just also being efficient for not only yourself, but for your company or anything that you're dealing with. Well, and it's kind of, it's having that confrontation too. And I feel like, you know, I mean, as much as I like to pick on you because it's fun, but I obviously have plenty of flaws myself. For me, it's like on the other end because I'm the boss. Like I've, I've been a business owner since I started my career. So I've never worked for anyone or had to answer to anyone before. And so it's, it's like the other side of things is like not expecting too much. So I was able to see the thing with L through a different lens, but it's the decision to have that confrontation, which because I like had to be a boss at such a young age, I had to be okay with confrontation. Like, I'm not sure that that skill would have developed for me had that not been the career path that I chose. But like, you know, early on in my Maryland studio, we were in the construction process. And for those of you that are like just tuning in, I own a pure bar studio in Hilton Head, but I owned one in Maryland right out of college. And I didn't know anyone in the area. And like our construction team was like talking to me like I was a five-year-old. And so like I had to speak up and be like, listen, like, you know, I made the decision to do this because I'm capable of doing it. But that was like the very beginning of me having to be confrontational, stand my ground and like let them know that, yes, I'm 21 years old, but like you need to respect me like the business owner and the person that's paying you at the end of all this. And so I feel like that almost forced me to step into that role. So it's a little bit more natural for me to say, 
like, hey, what you're asking me is ridiculous. Like, I'm going to be there tomorrow. So why don't I just do all of this at once? Like me faxing this paper right now would not be necessary. Whereas like, I feel like Ella, had I stepped into a job like you did and like, because you're, I, I think like that hustle is something so many people can relate to because when you're working for someone else right out of school, it's like, oh my gosh, I have a job and I'm making money and I'm like, you know, I need to do everything that I can. And so that confrontation is just a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And I think confrontation's such a great example example because you really do have to be comfortable to have that tough conversation and just be able to say hey listen this isn't this isn't something i can really do today and it's not you being lazy it's not like i'm sitting there watching tv instead it's because i'm doing 30 <laughs> other things like it's you know so i think i think it is a really important thing to just feel comfortable doing because if the person on the other side's not going to be okay with you saying can i get this to you tomorrow or can we do this at the end of the week as long as like I said before as long as it's not a pressing priority like I'm not saying someone's in dire need of your help and you say yeah I'll get to it uh next Tuesday (laughs) we'll talk then like I'm just saying if it's something that can wait make sure that you are able to have that conversation because I still to this day will struggle with it and it, it is not really I mean it's something that holds me back not only in work but like you said Jenna i really wasn't able to call you or have that social relationship because of it. Well, and it's just, I mean, it's just an honesty thing. Like confrontation sounds like a bad word, but it's really just being honest. And so like, you know, my advice to like my manager is incredible. Like she knows what I need before I even know what I need, but she's very soft-spoken. And so like, I just constantly tell her if you ever need something or you ever feel like this isn't being done in a way that's supportive of you, like I just always want that honesty to be present. So as a boss, I can tell you that if you have one that values relationship and connection within your company, they want that honesty from you. And I would much rather her come to me and say, hey, you know, I actually have X, Y, and Z that I have to do this week. So this expectation is not something I'm going to be able to be intentional about. And then I can shift gears and say, okay, well, we'll either move this or I'll do it myself or whatever, like some shift happens so that then the studio still gets served in the best way, but neither of us are maxed out. And that can't happen without honesty on both ends. So I think it's just really that component of not necessarily approaching it as confrontation being a bad thing, but just being like, this is the honest reason why I can't. And if you want this done intentionally, correctly, and in a way that's going to be supportive of the business, then I'm probably not the person to do this in this moment because I'm currently managing XYZ. So it's it's just really like that honest conversation. But I think that that can be very intimidating if you're like afraid you're going to be fired or whatever. So it's really just about evaluating that relationship. And honestly, I mean, if you're living in fear of that, it might not be the right position for you. Because, you know, I think there are a lot of cases where you get taken advantage of at work, especially if you have that personality where you're just going to say yes to everything, regardless of if it's supportive of your emotional health or not. Yeah. And I think showing the support as a business owner is very underrated, actually. Because I know, I mean, if I had a boss that said that to me, like, is everything okay? Is this aligning? That would kind of put my wall down a little bit. Like, I think I would feel more comfortable than being able to say, actually, you know, I have X, Y, and Z and let's talk about it rather than, oh yeah, I'm fine. And just going through the day to day. I mean, I think probably two years ago at that point, if my boss had asked me that, I'd probably still say I'm fine. But I'm, I'm definitely at a point now where that conversation would be very easy for me if that was an open feeling between the two of us. So I think it's really great that you do that because there's, there's honestly not a lot of situations that I've been in where I felt comfortable to have that conversation unless I was the one bringing it up. Well, and I think 
like when you talk about opening the space, that's really important. And it reminds me, I read, I follow this professor on Instagram, her name's Heather Day, but she shared this quote yesterday. And it was really just about responding honestly when somebody asks you a question. And I'll just go ahead and read it because it's short. But she was like, I asked a student, how are you in passing? She stopped, paused and said, honestly, I said, honestly, and I stopped now too. And she's like, I'm not great. I'm just surviving. And then we kept walking and it felt better than had we both said good. And I think it was just like a really important reminder that, you know, when somebody asks you how you are, you need to just take that space to answer honestly, especially if it's somebody who's in a leadership position, because if you aren't feeling supported, you know, there aren't, I feel like maturity in business and integrity and opening that space intentionally can be really challenging, but you have to take the space where it's given. And sometimes that is in that simple, how are you? And just saying, you know what, honestly, I'm overworked, I'm exhausted. And I feel like, you know, these expectations with what I have on my plate or whatever, you know, it's like taking the space that you are given to express how you feel and a boss that values you and values the input and the education and the intelligence that you give your position at the company is going to hear you when you take the space that you are given. And sometimes that simply has to be when you're asked how you are. And I think this year, especially, it's like, none of us are really good. (laughs) You know, like there's been so much pain and so much that has come up. And so you know, it's like how we do one thing is how we do all things. So responding in a way that's supportive of you and actually answering, you know, today I'm tired or today I'm this or whatever. It opens a space for your boss to also let their wall down and be like, yeah, you know what, honestly, like maybe that could be done in a more effective way. So I think it just, it can start in the most simplistic of conversations. And sometimes we forget that. Yeah. I actually saw that on LinkedIn. I think it was yesterday too. And I thought the same thing. I was like, this is great that it's at least on a platform that CEOs or owners of company are able to see, or even a boss is able to recognize, okay, maybe I should be genuinely asking how my employees are. Because honestly, if your employees aren't doing well, they're not doing their best work, regardless of if they want to, or if their intention is fully to be doing the best that they can do. I know from a personal side, when I'm overwhelmed, I'm so stressed that I'm I'm not thinking fully. Like I'm not I'm think I'm not thinking things through the way that I would if I felt like I had more of an organization or more like priority things that were on my plate that I wasn't feeling so overwhelmed by 20 small little tasks. So I definitely think having that conversation isn't just helpful for the employee, it's helpful for you and your business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the well-being of your team is literally the well-being of your business. And, you know, I mean, to speak, I obviously have a lot of weaknesses in this too. Nobody does it perfectly. And I would say my biggest piece of that is it's very easy for me to get defensive because a lot of times business owners really are doing their best. And I can tell you that that's very true this year. A lot of us are hanging on by a thread and have been treading water, unable to see the shore for the last 10 months. So our best might not be what it once was before. And so there's also a grace component on both ends, because a lot of times what we are doing, we think is the best for everybody, even if it's not. And so, you know, I have the natural response of defensiveness when somebody brings something to my attention and I have to like, I almost have to sit with it for a minute and then come back to it. And I almost always like respond in a different way later, but my initial response is not always one that is graceful and receptive and understanding. And so I think that, you know, if you are met with that response, how people respond to what you're bringing to their attention has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. And, you know, just speaking from a leadership standpoint, I think so often, especially when that person is showing up and really trying and doing everything that they can to keep their business afloat, 
you know, that, that initial response when somebody brings up something about something you love is the defensiveness. So being able to see that person through that and being the willingness to have the conversation when they do come back to you in a more quiet, receptive manner, because it will happen. So I think there's just grace on both ends that comes into play with that too. Because we're, you know, we're not, most of the time, we're not aware of what we're doing wrong or we wouldn't be doing it. So I think that defensiveness is probably my biggest weakness in my business because I love what I do so much. It's like an extension of my soul and I love my clients and I love my team. But that doesn't mean that I serve them well every single day, even though that might be my goal. It doesn't mean that that goal is always met. So yeah, just just an important point if you're also in a leadership position to be aware of that defensive response and just know that they're coming to you out of love and out of you know, wanting to serve you in a way that's going to be supportive of your company. Yeah. And I think practicing awareness in general is such a great component of setting boundaries because you're, you're not always in tune with how you're feeling. Like, I think for me, at times I was just at that like fight or flight mode. Like I was just trying to survive basically. So I think it is important to just take a step back and kind of understand how you're feeling, whether that's doing meditation or whatever that might be, go for a jog, something like that. Just understand where the stresses are coming from. And then that's when you can make that action plan. How can I, how can I drive this and change this rather than just trying to continue to float whenever you can feel yourself basically drowning? And I think that can go for both sides of a relationship. I mean, even being aware of the other person is just as important as being self-aware. And I think when you're aware of the other person, you are self, self-aware. So I, I just, the biggest thing to me is just having that ability to know what you're feeling and then how can I work to change this or how can I work to make this feel better? And that's kind of what I've been trying to do for myself. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's like a, there's a lot of trigger points in having confrontation of any sort for a lot of people. And that's based upon a lot of things. I mean, our bodies and our hearts hold on to experiences of our past. And for me, Anytime somebody brings something to my attention in the actual physical space of my business, I've learned that it feels like an attack. And I didn't really know that until it started to happen. But I, I realized that when somebody would set an appointment, like, hey, I want like if a team member of mine would say, hey, can we grab a cup of coffee? I just want to go over a few things, whether it was in regards to their teaching or in regards to business operations. And we actually took time on the calendar and I showed up to that meeting prepared to hear them. I was a lot more receptive of the feedback. I definitely can't say I've done it perfectly every time, but I've noticed that my heart space is totally different than if I just get approached in the middle of my workday, totally out of the blue, like, hey, this is wrong. And like, why are we doing this this way or whatever? It feels like an attack in my immediate response is defensiveness. And so when I realize that about myself, like when we do have those moments of awareness, it's then setting the boundary that's supportive of that. So for me, that was having a meeting with my team and saying, hey, I'm realizing that the way that I respond when you guys bring things to my attention and it's out of the blue and I'm not expecting it is not a response that I'm proud of. It's not something that I feel good about. So from here on out, unless it's urgent, you know, I'm going to need you to just set a time in my calendar so that I show up to the meeting knowing that I'm meeting with you, ready to be receptive and hear you, and I can go in with the heart space that you deserve. And that's done tremendous. That has been absolutely like an unparalleled decision for my business and, and for my team is like, knowing that I just had to tell them like, Hey, I hear you much better when I'm ready for that conversation than when it just comes out of the blue. And they are so respectful of that. Like when we do set those boundaries and we we're very clear about what we need, it tells people how they can love us and how to show up for us. And it sets them up for success as well as us. Yeah. I love that because you're, you're kind of developing a system then it's not, it's not such a willy nilly, like, Hey, 
I need to talk to you about this right now because obviously you're not being respectful to the other person's time either. So if you can go into the conversation knowing that there may be a conversation or there might be some things that you need to address, I think it's better for both sides because both of you can prepare like you said, and then you're not going to be so taken aback as someone just walking up to you and spilling everything that they have right in front of you. But it's funny because when you feel it, it's like, well, I'm ready to talk about it. So let's just go right now. But the other person has no clue you're coming at them. So it's like you definitely need to have that. But a lot of times when you react in the moment, whether it's employee or the employer, it's not your best. And so I've learned that too, that it's like a more productive conversation when they have time to collect their thoughts. And then I have time to not react out of emotion because I'm an emotional person. I 100% leave my business from the feminine space in my heart. And it served me well. I mean, it's why I'm connected to my team and my clients, but there's also a weakness that comes with that because I'm very vulnerable and my walls are all the way down and I'm honest with my team about the state of my business. And so the emotional reaction isn't nearly as intense or dramatic when I'm prepared for it than when I'm not. And you know, their way of presenting it is totally different too. So I think if you're struggling in that work relationship and you need to have that confrontation, you need to have that conversation because I honestly think confrontation is just conversation. It's just allowing you to be honest in that space, you know, really just setting a time and being clear with what you actually want that space to be for so that your boss has the time to prepare themselves for that too. So they can meet you in a way that's going to be the most productive all around. Yeah, I know. Well, with my previous job, my boss and I would have, it was like a bi-weekly, I think it was every two weeks, we would have a 30-minute conversation, just doing a check-in, making sure that we were on the same page. And obviously, I mean, her and I talked basically every day. So it's not to say that we weren't always in communication, but it gave us that time and it was set aside, kind of like you're saying, Jenna, it was that time that you took to talk to your employees, which to me, being an employee, it actually did mean a lot because I had full access to her calendar. So I knew that that time frame wasn't something that was just, you know, oh, well, I guess I could do this now. It was, let me take this time to show my employee that I'm there and I'm, I'm ready to hear anything that they need. And it was, it was something that sat well with me just going through trying to transition with everything that I was dealing with. So I was like, well, this is at least something that I can have this space. Did I use it fully? And did I express everything that I needed to? Probably not. And it's something that I think I needed to be away from the job to realize I wasn't doing. And you know, I think sometimes you have to go through stuff like that to realize, okay, that's what I did here. And this is how I can do it differently before you can just walk into it and know right away. Oh, yeah. I mean, the intentionality is like, I feel like the biggest component of boundary setting for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's similar. I mean, even in college, my coach would have weekly meetings with us just to set goals and make sure that we were feeling good and talk about anything we were going through. And I know, I mean, I didn't feel young at the time and it really wasn't even that long ago, but as a freshman, I remember feeling anxious for every meeting. Like I always went into it thinking like, oh, is he going to say I'm not doing this well? Or like, am I not going to be able to travel? Like I always created such negative thoughts around these meetings and it was more so him trying to help me and make me feel comfortable. And he never gave me a reason to feel uncomfortable, but I think until you really break that barrier, conversations can seem a lot scarier than the intention really is. Well, yeah, because I mean, we're, you know, we're raised to respect our authorities. And while that is a good trait, anything turned up too loud is not good. And it's funny that you bring up, 
your coach because I feel like my high school coach was hands down like respecting that authority was the worst thing that I ever did for myself because I did not advocate for my well-being it was the root and the cause and the consistent reminder of my eating disorder like I've been six foot one since I was in sixth grade I wore a bra in kindergarten like I start you know like all of like the things that most people develop in like high school and college like happened to me when I was like nine ten twelve And so my body was like not something I really grew into for a really long time. And I definitely did not know how to respect myself from a physical standpoint because most of the time I was just trying to hide who I was. Like I didn't want my development to be seen because I didn't want to be different. And, you know, when you're six foot one, it's hard to hide, especially when like the guys don't grow till you're in high school. But when I started playing basketball, I, you know, I grew like eight or nine inches in a year. So I had no idea how to move my body. I had no idea like how to jump because I never needed to do that. I was always so much taller than everyone. So like my agility just wasn't present. And obviously like growing into a body like that takes years. But like, I, you know, the same way that like Elle spoke about her age, like I wasn't at a maturity level where I understood that. And so I was just so hard on myself all the time. And I was told before my junior season that I had to lose 10 pounds if I wanted to be on the starting team, which most coaches would have used my size to their advantage. Like I was incredibly strong. I was never overweight, like at any point in my life. I mean, we all have like different stages of our development, but I was always taking care of myself. My mom raised us in a very healthy household centered around like eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full. And so, you know, like that coming from an authority, I was like, well, I have to respect that. Like he's my coach. So like, yep, I have to lose 10 pounds. And it's like, I didn't even question it. And I think sometimes like, you know, you have to ask yourself if every single relationship in your life is supportive, even if it's something that like, you don't even feel like you have this space to, you do. Like it's, you're the only one that can advocate for yourself. And that was probably the worst I ever was at setting boundaries in my life. Like it, and it was something that I still deal with. I mean, I still have to fight that daily battle to not drop into that space. I mean, I have to set really hard boundaries with myself when it comes to my body image and how often I work out and eating and all of that stuff. And it all stemmed from feeling like that authority was something I had to respect regardless of what they were asking me to do. And I think that that mindset can be incredibly traumatic because your emotional health, like you have to be the advocate for that. And if you're in a situation that doesn't support it, no matter how much you think you need that person or that situation, I promise you that you need your emotional health more. And that's a lesson that we can dive deeper into. But it just, when you brought up your coach, it just like reminded me of that experience because I feel like I didn't even look at that as boundary setting, but like there were some serious boundaries that were needed in that experience. (laughs) It is crazy when you think back to any past experience. I mean, it can date back as far as five years old, who knows? But it's, it's interesting when you're going through it, it's almost like you have to push yourself to these limits to recognize what your boundaries really are, which I mean, it really, it's not necessarily the best way to go about it, but at least I think for both of us, it kind of is what opened our eyes was, okay, we are trying to survive at a point that we're really not capable of doing. And it's asking way too much of not just us, but people in general. So I think just being able to recognize what your limit is, is a lot more important than what you think it is for not only your job, but just for you as a person. Well, it's a good point too, because I feel like our mindset (laughs) from being an athlete, literally transitioned into our mindset of being an employee slash employer. Like that same feeling like we had to do everything for success, regardless of what it did to our bodies or our minds was like what we carried over. And I feel like in work, we've started to realize that because obviously maturity has come a long way since we were in high school and college. But 
Uh, it's funny because college feels like it was 10 years ago and it was literally like not even three, but whatever. No. Um, but no, I mean, I just, I think it's like really important to see that, you know, those, those mindsets can be transferred from so many different areas of your life. And if they weren't serving you in one way, like, you know, I, I know now that like, there's nothing that's more important to me than my health in all aspects of that. But there was definitely a time in my business where that same mentality that I had as, as an athlete, well, whatever it takes, no matter what I have to compromise, sacrifice, or due to myself, it has to be for the betterment of my business the same way it had to be for the betterment of my athletics. And neither of those mindsets served me because it, it ends in burnout. It ended in me not getting a college scholarship because I didn't have a body that was able to sustain the level of workouts that I was putting in. You know, it, like it all comes crashing down eventually because you are literally the only thing that matters. And the minute that that begins to deteriorate, everything else is like soon to follow thereafter. And that's probably why we feel as strongly as we do about boundary setting because it's affected us both physically, like L more from an injury standpoint, me more from body image and eating disorder. But, you know, we felt it on a lot of different levels. So I think we know how it feels to be so deeply out of alignment with how to set them and the importance of it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously these are all very broad examples of setting boundaries. I think it's just important to be able to start small and basically just be able to recognize what your limitations are, what you're willing, because I mean, it's your life. Like you don't have to feel like you have to do anything that's not what you agree with. So figure out what you're willing to do and what your limitation is in any situation. And then just start doing small ways of figuring out, okay, I can do this, but I'm not going to do that. And just recognize what are you, what are you comfortable with? And I think if you can do those small things, it will help to eventually get to a point where it becomes natural and you are able to feel comfortable just saying, no, I don't agree with that. Or, oh, I mean, I can do that, but I'm not going to do it right this minute without feeling like you're being disrespectful. You're just being fair to yourself. And sometimes you have to be a little selfish in certain situations. And I'm definitely figuring that out for myself and trying to live through that every day. Yeah. I mean, I think starting small is a good point, but I, I mean, I think the first step is just really like, what are your core values? Like for me, my emotional stability, my time with the people that are sacred to me, which is like family, my person I'm in love with and, um, you know, my friends and then also my physical health. And so if any decision that I'm going to make in my life is going to sacrifice any of those top three core values of, of who I am, then like the answer has to be no. And so I, that's a very hard thing. And I mean, both like both Ellen and I feel like this all the time. It's not like we have this completely figured out, but I think it's starting and figuring out like, if I, what are the top three things that if I don't have those, I don't feel like myself. And then evaluating each decision. Like when something comes up and you're like, I don't really feel right about this. Like taking a moment to sit there and be like, is this sacrificing those things that are very important to making sure that I feel like my whole self and, and healthy and available to the people that, act, that really matter. And if the answer to that is no, then it's just learning how to say no to those opportunities to have those tough conversations. And when you begin putting it into practice, it starts to get easier because there's a lot of freedom that comes on the other side of saying no. And I think like we're so afraid of the word, but then once we say it, we're like, oh my gosh, that wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. And, you know, we've gotten to the place in our life where even though we don't do it all the time, like we've realized that the people that are supposed to be in our life are going to have nothing but respect for our decision to honor those core values of who we are. And we really only want to be in like work relationships and personal relationships 
that see that, understand that and support that. Yeah. And I think to just being able to seek help within all of these conversations is also very important because sometimes, you know, you feel like you have to do everything on your own and you have to handle every situation that you're faced with. But I think the biggest thing you can do is ask someone for help and just whether it's delegating work or whether it's just talking through a situation or how you're feeling. I think it's just such an important underrated quality to have because I am definitely a big person that doesn't always ask for help. I feel like I'm putting a burden on someone or I don't want to make them feel like they have to do anything. But if they were to tell me, hey, I can't do this right now, but I'll help you with this when I'm able to, I wouldn't be offended. So I mean, it's definitely just opening up that communication and just feeling comfortable asking for help and also not expecting too much from that person. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like you're, you have to be able, it's like a two way street. So if you're going to expect that of someone else, then you have to be willing to honor the core values in other people's lives. And I mean, the reason that this is hard is because nobody's core values are the same. So there definitely will be times where you're met with misunderstanding. And so I think it's just, it's just knowing, like already just knowing that, that like there's going to be people that don't necessarily understand, but we don't have to understand to respect. And I think just like that clarification between the two is important because relationships that are supportive of you at your best, even if they don't understand, they will always respect. So yeah, it's so funny because y'all, when we came into this call, this was 110% not the direction that I saw this going. So it's just very funny how like what's on our hearts just shines through. But yeah. There's never really a plan. It's always just kind of like, let's just flow. And this is, this is what we got to. <laughs> yeah, we were laughing before this saying like we needed to just get better at just being like in the moment. And then this conversation happened. So yeah. <laughs> but I think to wrap it up, we're going to continue on like our boundary series. And, you know, we spoke a lot today about setting boundaries at work. Like I have worked Thanksgiving basically since I graduated college and I'm going to take some space next week. I got the coverage to go home and be with my family. And that's a boundary prior to this year, I probably would not have been able to set. So, you know, I hope that you're able to take some space this holiday season too, because moments pass us by and work will always be there. So. Absolutely. And I'm so happy that you are going to be back in our hometown. <laughs> Cause yeah, and I'm going to get to see Elle. So, I mean, it's great. You guys will probably get one of our awful motivation, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. We're, I mean, we're the worst at taking photos, but we'll try to document our, our day yeah. together. <laughs> you do actually see another person. <laughs> we're not fraud. <laughs> we posted before we started this podcast, y'all, we posted the same birthday photo for each other for like 12 years because it was like the only one that we ever took that was like able to grace Instagram yeah. yeah so yeah we're just much more fun in person maybe we'll do an Instagram live or something within the next couple months but anyway yeah thanks for tuning in and we look forward to seeing y'all next week thanks everyone 